Welcome, my name is Krish Kumar and I'm the host of Kicking It with Krish. I'm so excited that you're tuning in for season two of the podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with Krish. Today I'm joined by Greg Morrissey, the Manager of Business Development for the Chicago Bulls. Welcome, Greg. It's great to have you on the podcast. Krish, appreciate it. Thanks again for reaching out. Excited to talk shop about sports. Absolutely. Let's dive straight into your background. You know, you've worked in corporate partnerships for Fox Sports and the Kansas City Chiefs. Walk me through your educational background and how these experiences have helped you get where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So leading into uh, undergrad, I always had a passion for playing sports, ended up not playing in college, forewent that opportunity, um, but always had a passion for it. But, you know, got a general business degree from Arizona State um, and kind of really didn't know where I wanted to go career wise. Um, So coming out of it, I, uh, you know, worked for a couple businesses, got to kind of learn from an operations standpoint, how businesses run, how sales could potentially work. But, you know, long term felt sports was the passion. How do I maybe crack into the industry? And it was funny, I got an advice early on. It's like, you know, oh, I, everyone wants to be a sports GM, right? And, you know, those are as hard as they come, but there are other opportunities uh, within the sports industry. So I researched grad school programs if I needed to go that route or, you know, if there were entry level opportunities to work for a sports team and ended up making the decision uh, to go to San Diego State. They had a really unique program that was a sports focused MBA program. Um, had to get the sign off from the parents that, you know, if sports didn't work out, I still got another business degree. Um, but in my time there, um, I had gotten on with Fox Sports College Properties. So they had signed on to be um, the partnership activation and sales engine for the university, uh, similar to a Learfield. Um, so I was working in activation, both for football and basketball for San Diego State. Um, so that was kind of my first real opportunity in sports while going to grad school. Um, and then uniquely had an opportunity um, through someone who went through the program as well, who worked for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, shout out to Armand Alawalia. He just got promoted with BSE. Um, so industry's growing. Love to see that. Um, but yeah, he there was an entry level corporate partnerships opportunity with Kansas City. Um, so I chose to, you know, make the move from sunny San Diego to the Midwest um, in the middle of January. So I don't know if that was my smartest move, but, um, you know, it all worked out. And so um, got to really learn at a quick uh, time with the Kansas City Chiefs about sales for um, Cobra Partnerships. So um, was there for about four years, had a great run. Um, Thank you, Patrick Mahomes, for you know, being that guy, um, you know, there's a lot of success on the field, but we also found success off the field um, as we can kind of dive into at some point about, you know, how corporate partnerships can feed into a sports organization. Um, but yeah, had a great run in Kansas City and then kind of want to see what other opportunities were out there to grow the career. And luckily, Chicago Bulls had an opening iconic brand. Um, so didn't hurt to have it on the resume. So, um, yeah, ended up making it to the Windy City. Yeah, absolutely. Super fascinating background, Greg. And so breaking down, you know, corporate partnerships at its most basic level, what all does that entail? Yeah, so it's it's really unique. So I think early days of what used to be called sponsorship, you know, it was 
you spend a million bucks, you get a billboard with a team and kind of call it a day. There's no measurement behind it. You know, you really can't track track the success of it. But I think over time, it's really evolved that businesses look for that ROI um, and working with sports teams, right? You know, it's not just buying tickets or things like that. It's how is this going to positively impact my business? Um, And so we work with a lot of companies that as they look through their marketing funnel, um, you know, it's paid advertising to start. And then you look at, okay, how can we integrate our brand with sports teams to a grow brand awareness, engage with fans who are going to be future customers, both from a B2B and B2C standpoint, as well as um, other opportunities, you know, from a community standpoint. So it's really, it's uniting two brands, telling a really unique business story uh, that ultimately brands are trying to get, you know, equity with consumers in the marketplace. Yeah. And so I think, you know, what everyone really wants to know is what's the secret? Like, how do you find and maintain good and healthy relationships with these corporate partnerships and sponsors? Absolutely. So, you know, as I kind of touched on before, the ROI piece is very important. You know, it's again, if you're doing paid media, you're buying a bunch of commercial spots and you're taking an extrapolated TV rating number that you said, oh, I hit, you know, if the Super Bowl hit 10 million eyeballs or something like that, or, you know, 100 million, it's, it's an extrapolated number that's really hard to measure. But in sports, we get brands all the time, they're asking us exactly how many people we hit, how they're engaging with us. Are they are we driving traffic to their stores, if it's brick and mortar or to their websites? Um, so it really does take a lot of time for these things to grow, um, which I always push for our partners to have longer term relationships. Um, but again, you have to build trust early on. And I think if you don't have any success in your one, it's really hard to show long term value. But it really does take time um, when whether you're doing surveying to check with fans on, do you even know if this brand is a partner of said team? And then you can hopefully dig a little deeper and say, okay, how often have you used said brand as a consumer? Um, it's it's trying to track that along the process, but the longer term relationships usually bear more fruit. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know, um, you know, like you talked about, you're in the Windy City now, working for the Chicago Bulls. So without further ado, let's let's dive into that. What's your experience been like with the Bulls so far? You know, working with NBA players, executives, and you know, business partners, like you said. Yeah. So. First and foremost, Chicago's a top five market in the U.S. Um, kind of not gets forgotten about, but again, I think with the tech boom in Silicon Valley, I think you know people have forgotten about Chicago. But you know, it's been a tried and true business market first and foremost. Um, and then you talk about the Chicago Bulls again, the team that Jordan built, the '90s run we saw with the Last Dance. It was as big as it gets, and that was kind of on the precipice of sports marketing in general, right? We talk about major brands uh, running major campaigns, whether it was Gatorade or Nike um, along that run. But I think the Bulls organization has done an incredible job of maintaining relevancy throughout the years. Um, So having a global presence from a brand perspective is really unique um, being able to work. And again, you have an NBA league that is so progressive in what they do. They're usually early adopters in a lot of things. So they get to push the envelope, whether it's, you know, a major pro sports in the U.S. having on jersey placements uh, from an ad perspective or, um, you know, having sports betting be new and unique and something that they're willing to adopt and run through. Um, like so having both the NBA and the Bulls at my disposal really makes it fun when you get to talk to companies and say, hey, we're willing to try things that maybe other leagues aren't doing. Um, and you really have an opportunity to kind of, you know, change the industry, so to speak. 
Yeah, and so how does your experience with the Bulls right now compare to your experience with the Chiefs in terms of like NBA and NFL? You know, they're completely different um, industries, obviously both in the sports landscape, but in terms of just partnerships and overall, you know, executive structure, what are some differences between NBA and NFL? Yeah, so again, just touching on a lot of the NBA stuff about how unique they are and how they are early adopters into a lot of things. Um, The interesting thing about Kansas City and with the Chiefs was, Again, one of the smaller markets in the U.S., but now a global brand that's kind of not in its infancy. But again, not a lot of people were talking about the Chiefs pre-Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl run, right? So um, it was very interesting to talk to brands and say, here's what you can leverage with us being the Kansas City Chiefs. Here's what the NFL will allow you to do from a marketing perspective, Um, but still try to drive value for brands, right? And I think as these leagues are growing, right, a lot of a lot of partnerships sometimes are grassroots, like own your backyard, so to speak. So, you know, you're working with a lot of local companies, but um, when you, you know, get engaged with companies that are based all over the world, whether it's the UK or Australia or Asia, um, being able to show the value of leveraging, you know, the, the reach of the brand is something that um, the NBA has done a really good job of. Um, they were, again, early adopters into these international marketing rights programs. Um, and it's been really cool to see and connect with businesses all around the world that, you know, know who the Bulls are and want to utilize them as a vehicle to, you know, grow their brands as well. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things, you know, I've heard many people say is that there's so many moving parts to an NBA team, right? And especially when you're working for one, there's a lot of moving parts that come together to bring the success. Talk about some of those moving parts and some strategies that, you know, you utilize at the Bulls and other NBA teams utilize to ensure like productivity in the workplace. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, Again, they're organizations, right? There's different departments and sometimes you get siloed and it's like you kind of have to break down the barriers both internally and externally. Um, One thing that I've had the benefit of in working with some amazing people in other departments is, you know, how do we all work in lockstep together? So if it's building custom content for a brand like, hey, here's a campaign they've put together. How do we integrate it into our social media social media channels or like our digital channels on website or something. So going to our content and marketing teams and really kind of putting our heads together on, okay, how can this resonate with fans as best as possible? Because we know our fans better than anyone else might. Right. And it's also a bit of education to brands on, okay, you know, you may have put this together, but here's actually the messaging that we should go out with. That's going to better resonate with fans, better drive value for you. Um, So Um, Like you said, there's a lot of moving parts, whether you talk about content or, you know, game entertainment or ticketing uh, or community outreach. There's a lot of different people, but again, very smart people in different parts of the business. So it's really how you can let them be the experts in their field and help kind of be a facilitator of the process with the companies we work with. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And, you know, you mentioned social media, which, you know, as a, as a Gen Zer and someone who's on TikTok, I see that when people, you know, post TikTok, sometimes you're seeing NBA, NFL teams comment on these TikToks. So how has social media kind of changed like the whole marketing strategy and how is that, you know, going to be continue to be used um, for organizations like the Bulls? Absolutely. So, again, as I kind of touched on earlier, you know, if we're talking about a, a, a commercial spot, how are you really tracking who that's hitting? Is that hitting your target audience? One could argue in favor of or against, but with social media, it's so unique in how detailed the data is on our fans, uh, different followers. We know 
their geographical location, so to speak, um, and different content is going to resonate with different, you know, demographics or, um, you know, fan target segments. Um, and again, it's as measured as it gets, right? We know exactly how many people are a looking at the post, engaging with the post, sharing the post, um, things like that. So we're able to share those numbers with brands. So they know exactly what they're getting from a, a marketing standpoint. Um, and again, it's, it's some of the most engaging stuff, right? Like, if you see a commercial, there's nothing you would have to go to social media to then call out whether you liked it or not to to a brand. Right. Um, and we deal with that on our end, too. Right. It's it's tough when you lose a game. Um, I know sometimes teams don't want to post final scores or things like that. Or, you know, you see fans that are irate in the comment section. And that's that's kind of the nature of social media in and of itself. Um, but again, it's how you can continue to put out content that can focus on the, on, you know, on the field or on the court performance stuff, but as well as like giving you the behind the scenes, um, which I think is a, an amazing opportunity, right? Like we want to get to, like, we idolize players and coaches and organizations and we want to get to know them, you know, off the court as well. So being able to build content that can highlight that as well, it, it humanizes the players, you know, it gets you to know them, make you, you know, relate in a way to them um, that can create better messaging, right? Is it, you know, sometimes, it can get a little dark on social media. It's like, how do you brighten it up? Um, and different channels do that, right? Um, and we we know our different fan segments, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, we know what content plays best with each group. Definitely. I'll have to agree with you there. And, you know, you mentioned players. And so I think it wouldn't do justice if we didn't dive into some of the players in the Bulls. Talk about your favorite players. Talk about some memories you've had. I mean, it's I'm sure it's been an experience, you know, to be a part of this organization. So talk about some experiences you've had with the Bulls that are kind of memorable to you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, NBA teams are a lot different, right? With football, there's a 53-man roster. So there's a lot more players in the building. Um, and they all wear helmets constantly. So you really don't get to know who those players are um, unless you have opportunities to connect with them. Um, but basketball is a lot more intimate, right? There's less guys on the roster. Um, they are highlighted a lot more. They have bigger social followings. Um, so they become more polarizing athletes. Um, but if I had to pick a favorite, probably Damar. Um, I grew up in California. So seeing him grow up in, you know, South LA and played at USC um, and, you know, seeing his uprising with Toronto and then, you know, getting to see an LA kid come to Chicago around the same time I did was, was pretty cool to see that. So um, I definitely, I ride for Damar DeRozan. Um, especially his, his run last year was just amazing. You want to get to hear MVP chants in the building and, you know, when we were in first place. It was, it was a really cool run. So. Yeah, definitely. And any specific, you know, stories or instances that stand out to you? Um, You know, there's, there's some big and small. I think it's sometimes as simple as, you know, you're, you're passing by a, a Patrick Williams as he's coming out of the building as you're coming in and, you know, like super polite. It's like, Oh my God, you, it's almost like you have to like stay grounded. Like, okay, that was Patrick Williams. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go too crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, you, you see players around it and, but I mean, they're so great to work with. Um, we, we do like some intimate events for, you know, some of our big sponsors and um, season ticket holders. So getting opportunities to interact with the players and just share stories, learn about, you know, their stories from playing days in college, or sometimes if they went straight to the league, um, and you see some unique stories, right? Like, I think it was so cool having Pat Beverly be a Chicago kid, right? Chicago basketball is like such a big cultural icon here. And to have players like when Derrick Rose was here, um, I wish we had gotten Jalen Brunson, Chicago kid. Like that would have been amazing to have him come here. Um, but then, you know, opportunity to get Pat Bev in season was something that was like our fans instantly, you know, turned up when 
you're announcing his name, you know, whatever Patrick Beverly from Chicago and, you know, under the lights at the United Center. Like it, it's pretty special when you get to see these things come full circle. Yeah, and the players bring the energy and, you know, the fans reciprocate that, which is what I think makes the NBA so rewarding. And, you know, as a fan of just basketball myself, it's so fun and entertaining to watch, you know, these players go out, do their job, and have fun with it too. Um, I think it's great. Um, you know, Greg, the Bulls are currently the 11th in the East. So what are your thoughts and predictions on the rest of the season? You know, lost a tough one last night. Darren Fox closing it out. Um I think that's kind of how this season's gone in a nutshell. Um, last year was obviously really unique. Um, right as I got here, I started in season, but right right at the beginning, we went on a tear and we're in first place at one point um, and kind of cooled off towards the season ended, but still was able to secure a playoff spot and not have to go to the play-in. Um, I think this year it's the expectations then come here and it's like, how do you meet those day in and day out? And like, I think what you saw the trade deadline was, you know, not a lot of movement because we know we have the talent. It's really about, you know, having everything click at once. And again, we've beaten some of the top teams. So it's, it's one of those things. Like, I think it's tough, right? NBA, you got to show up every night. And, you know, when you talk about load management or things like that, it's, it's really a, you know, a grind in the season to get through it. So I know the plays there. I know like the guys are capable. It's really like, can it click, you know, these last few games to end out the season. Um, and, you know, I, again, if we make a play in tournament, I think we're as dangerous as any team in the league. So you hope you steal a couple games there and you're, you know, you're right back where you were last year. So, yeah, you know, great insight. I'm excited to see how it pans out. I'm excited for the rest of the season, the playoffs. It's always a, a fun time to watch. Um, like I said, you know, you mentioned expectations. I wanted to ask, obviously, you know, working with an NBA team comes with a lot of pressure, right? A lot of expectations, like you said. How do you deal with that pressure? And what's some advice that you'd have for other people? You know, I think, and a lot's been instilled in me. I think no one gets to where they're at without, you know, the proper guidance or, you know, a great group of people around them. And I think what's been, you know, reiterated to me over time is you just got to stay the course, right? There's, you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. I think, you know, if it's not like an act like you've been there mentality, but it's a, okay, you know, even when you're up here, you know that, hey, there might be days that, you know, I'm not going to be riding this high. So it's really just staying the course, trusting your process and not to steal the phrase. Um, but I think, you know, if you lock in what your process is really, whether it's, you know, whether it's sales or whether it's content or whatever industry or with whichever, you know, expertise you're in, it's, it's stay the course focus on what you can control. Um, there's always going to be things out of our control. And I think if you, you know, put forth effort, good results usually yield themselves. So um, that's kind of what I've been taught. And I think I, you know, have been fortunate enough to see that in my career, albeit is not as extensive as some sports careers. And, you know, I hope 20 years from now I can look back and say, okay, you know, I believed in what people instilled in me and, you know, found myself where I wanted to be. Um, so yeah, that's great advice. And, you know, I wanted to circle back a little bit to corporate partnerships. We talked a lot about the NBA and what corporate spark partnerships mean. Who are some of the Bulls, you know, sponsors and partners and how have they played an integral role for the organization? Absolutely. So, like, um, you know, United Airlines is probably our biggest, right? And again, United wanting to own their backyard when the United Center was built in 94. Um, they were our naming rights partner and they've been that ever since. Um, so having to see that contract renew is amazing. That's a, you know, those are usually long-term commitments. Um, so 
having a couple decades under the belt with them is like it's it's very unique to see something like that happen um and then another great example is now our jersey patch partner motorola um they've had a presence in chicago for some time now and um again it doesn't always align when you can have a local brand that trusts in not only you as a team but in the league and you know what an opportunity like a jersey patch partner could be um so really building strong relationships with businesses that call Chicago home. But, um, you know, we built some other really unique ones, uh, a newer one, like the edit London based in the UK and they knew the bulls brand was iconic and saw value in that. So, um, you know, they partnered with us for our game in Paris and to be able to take the bulls team and brand, bring it to another country. Um, they, we hadn't been there since 97 when, when Jordan was still playing. Um, but that fans still, you know, show up and have that still resonate with them and have partners that believe in us and, and want to be a part of that. Um, it's really unique. So I think on the horizon is really focusing on, OK, maybe what are some of these more important international markets that we could work with that see value in us and how we can reciprocate and show value in them. Yeah, you know, always, always expanding, always growing. That's the goal, right? And keep providing to the fans, keep building new fans, keep building a new audience. And so I think that's great. You know, I wanted to shift finally a little bit away from NBA and corporate sponsorships and Bulls and talk about you, Greg. What do you enjoy doing outside of, you know, NBA and Bulls? You know, what are your passions and hobbies? So I think, again, a lot of people that work in sports, or even people that don't, but just a lot of people in general is sports are always a passion. So I think being a fanatic of sports and wanting to play all things, um, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing maybe I can't run, you know, pick up basketball and, and converse low tops anymore. Um, so I think, uh, over the past few years, golf has been a big focus for me. It's tough when I don't get, you know, 12 months of golf year round in the windy city, but, uh, um, I'm always itching to get out. Um, they've done a great job here with like in, indoor simulators and stuff like that. Um, so, big into golf right now. Um, I got a dog, I'm married. So wife and I, we like to, you know, take the dog on walks and, um, play catch with her. Um, so yeah, I'd say golf and golf and the pop are the two main things. Yeah. And there's also, I mean, there's also a lot of things to do in Chicago, right? Um, I mean, it's just a nice city. There's a lot of tourist attractions. Um, what are some of your favorite places in Chicago? So obviously deep dish pizza is a thing here. Um, I live next to Giordano's, which is one of the big chains. Um, but the Chicago food scene is pretty underrated. Um, so it's really finding those holes in the wall that you can, um, whether it's a really cool kind of swanky speakeasy type, you know, beverage spot, if you want to grab a drink or um, like one of the best burgers in the world is at Cheval, which is again, a hole in the wall in West Loop. Um, so it's finding those diamonds in the rough and, you know, enjoying food or, you know, having the lake nearby, um, going to other sports events, right? It's like working for the Bulls. Um, we're still in a major sports city. So going to a Bears game at Soldier or, you know, taking the bike up to Wrigley for a game over the summer. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff to do in the Windy City. It's a good time. Definitely. I mean, it's just lively and exciting. And, you know, you never get bored because there's always something uh, new to do and explore. Exactly. You know, as we as we conclude this episode, you know, What's next for you, whether it's, you know, with the Bulls or personal goals? What do you have in mind? What's next for you? Yeah, I, you know, I I think always keeping options open. Um, you know, everyone wants to grow their career. And I, I've, you know, been a part of two great organizations so far. Um, and really, like, it's something I tell everyone and tell myself each and every day. It's, you know, whether you can grow within an organization or, you know, grow outside of it, I think we can all help each other and grow in our careers. That's kind of the end goal. Um, so, 
you know, corporate partnerships has been great to me and want to continue to learn and, you know, value parts of the process, whether it's, you know, shifting to a strategy role or focusing on the activation of these partnerships um, or, you know, maybe transitioning to a more of a revenue focused goal across the different, you know, revenue verticals within a sports team. Um, I'd say, yeah, I think it's, it's how I can continue to grow, provide value to an organization um, in any way, shape and form I can. Um, but who knows? Like I said, maybe early days it was be the next uh, GM of a sports team, but um, you know, it's great opportunities on the business side as well. So, yeah, definitely. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much for uh, coming on. You know, I enjoyed this conversation talking about the Bulls, business partnerships, and just you know life in general. I really appreciate you know you taking out the time and, and coming on. Same, it was a pleasure. Thank you again. Absolutely. Well, that's a wrap. See you next time on Kicking It with Krish. Stay tuned. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to leave a five-star rating and a review. Follow at Kicking It With Krish on YouTube and TikTok to see video clips and stay updated on future episodes and guests. Thank you so much for listening and take care.